Good morning, everybody, and good morning to those that are online. <clears throat> Just say a welcome to the people that are joining us in the church for the first time. We hope you enjoy your service. And I want to say a special thank you to Anne for that verse that she said from Deuteronomy. I needed to hear that this morning. Um, this um, sermon, is, this is the fifth draft, <laughs> and it's been a real struggle um, not because I didn't know what I was speaking on, but um, just because the, the subject. And it, it's really tying in with what Stevie's been saying the last few weeks. A couple of months ago, I started reading the Gospels and my, my daily quiet time. And there was one particular one that I couldn't get out of my head and I kept going back. I was out walking and this phrase would come back to me again and again. And then Stevie, the, the day started speaking from Galatians about the mind of Christ that just tied in exactly with what I was thinking about. And then at the end of that, he came up and he said, I need to ask you something. And I went, wait for it. And he goes, would you speak? And he said, no pressure. The minute he says that, the pressure starts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, oh, golly, is this why I've had this all going around my head? And I thought, like a good Christian, I'll go home and pray about it. And I knew before I even went into my driveway that that's just what I was supposed to do, but um, it never gets any easier. Anyway, um, we're going to look. I've not got any... I don't have PowerPoint. I'm not good at that at all. Um, no even going to try that. And I haven't got any scripture readings up there because I'm going to delve into the scriptures quite a bit um, to go on um, um, with my, my uh, talk this morning. So can I move this a bit? I feel as if I'm... <laughs> That's a bit better. <laughs> um, so we're looking in at Mark chapter 5. I've got that many bits marked here. It'll be, take my wee bit to get to the right one. Mark chapter 5. There's 1 to 20. It is quite a, a long scripture reading. <clears throat> and it's, um, they went up. We'll see what I mean cleared out my Bible, all the bits and pieces this morning. They went across the lake to the region of the Gezerines. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. The man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. And he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, For we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go unto them. He gave them permission, and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. And that's the phrase that we'll be coming back to. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. 
As Jesus was getting in the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. And you know, if I had to put a heading to the sermon today, it would be transformation. Um, the transforming power of, of Jesus. Um, and this, as I said, that was the phrase I could not get out of my mind. It says in the NIV, dressed and in his right mind. But I think the, if you go to the, the, new, the King James Version, it would be clothed and in his right mind. And that's the bit. I couldn't get that out of my head, and it kept coming back to me and back to me. And then Stevie started to speak about having the mind of Christ. Um, and we're not going to dwell on the first part of the, the thing, because um, I'm aware as well that there's children in the mean. Um, but do you know, one of the things that I realised, we don't ever get to know this man's real name. Because the name that we read there was not his name at all. That was the name of the people living in him. So we never get to know this man's name, but that doesn't matter because Jesus knew his name. And I really felt I had to, to say this bit this morning. Um, because, you know, Jesus knows her name. And there's some day, I really felt as I was praying this morning, you know, Bobby and I used to sing a song, Speak His Name, the Name of Jesus. Speak His Name, the Spirit frees us. There is no distance, that's too far. He'll come just where you are, just speak His name. And that came to me again and again as I was praying. And I just feel there's somebody, I don't know if it's online, that really needed to hear that this morning. I don't know if you've been away, if they've been away from the Lord for a long time. Um, and, you know, they just feel that the distance to come back is too far. And the Lord is saying to you this morning, there is no distance, it's too far. You just need to speak the name of Jesus. And the Lord's going to come right back to you. That's for somebody this morning. Um, I really believe that. Um, and, you know, just one word from Jesus was all it took for that man to be set free. That's what it took. And his life was transformed completely transformed. Um, and when people saw him beside Jesus, they were so afraid and called Jesus, asked Jesus to leave. You know, we're living in very troubled times at the minute. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. And there are many things that we see and hear or read about that can fill us with fear. Um, I don't ever remember a time that the last few years, I don't remember anything like it. Um, and it just seems it's never ending and then there's other things, wars and things get added to that so there's much that people are frightened about um, and then we have an economic crisis on top of that and people are getting even more afraid but do you know Jesus is the hope of the world he's the only hope um, and you know I've read again that every day this week I've picked up my daily reading um, I've done quite a few and every one of them has been about hope this week just confirming that. And Anne spoke about that hope this morning. And he's the only one that can bring peace into our hearts and minds in the midst of all this. And you know, Psalm 100, two of my favorite scriptures I'm going to share with you now, says, in my anguish I cried, Psalm 118.5, sorry, says, in my anguish I cried to the Lord and he answered me by setting me free. The Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. And one of my life verses, I've went to again and again and again over the years. Um, when I've had fear, I've 
had been crippled with fear sometimes. Um, but this is verses I'll go back to again and again, and you'll be familiar with them. I really shouldn't even look them up, but um, when nerves get to you, you forget half the things, <laughs> half the things you're wanting to say. Um, wait a minute. I'm even in the wrong book, see? I'm in Sam's instead. <laughs> Here we go. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. And I think that's verses, thanks, Beth. That's verses for the day, this times that we're living in. Um, and if you're a child of God, remember that. Fear not, he's called you by name. You are mine. Um, the verse said that the man was dressed, clothed. Um, and, you know, one of the things that struck me, I mean, maybe how my mind works, I'm saying, well, where did he get the clothes? <laughs> you know? I'm thinking, I mean, well, yeah, when he's sitting reading now, meditating these things, some of these things come, where did he get the clothes? He had nothing. He had absolutely nothing. But, you know, that to me is part of the miracle that Jesus clothed him. And to me, it reminds us again in these days that we're living in that God supplies every need. Every need. And you know, there's another passage in the Bible, um, and it's Genesis 3 and 21, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, remember, and they took the fruit that weren't supposed to, and they suddenly realized that they were um, without clothes. Um, and it says here, the Lord God made them garments of skin for Adam and his wife Eve and clothed them. So nothing is beyond God. Nothing is impossible for God. So whatever you, and remember, it's his needs, your needs he supplies, not your wants. Um, God meets our every need. And I love that scripture in Luke where it says, Consider the lilies how they grow, they neither labor or spin. I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if you're a flower person, you'll, I mean, lilies are gorgeous flowers, absolutely gorgeous flowers. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is today, here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? So we get it confirmed again and again. Um, and then there are other garments in Scripture that we're asked to put on. And the first one I want to look at is the garment of praise. Um, and Isaiah 61, wait till I get Verse 1 to 4 reads this. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom from the captives, and to release from darkness, to release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a, beauty, a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Now there's a verse for the church. That's a passage because remember we used to have that up my banner. That verse has been spoken over this church many times. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Wow, what a verse to be reminded of today. That's what we are. That's what's been spoken over this church. 
You know, God wants us to put on a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, to praise him and despite our circumstances. I couldn't believe what Anne was reading out this morning. I thought, wow, thank you, Lord. <laughs> um, when we fix our eyes on Jesus and start to praise, something happens in your spirit that really does, that helps you deal with what you're going through. That doesn't mean to say you've not to go through it. The Lord's going to take whatever you're going through away. That's not what it, it means. It just means that, you know, when you're praising God, your eyes are fixed in him and you'll get through whatever. Um, and I think as praising as a corporate body, see when we praise as a corporate body, there's something happens. There's something happens in heavenlies that can release something in our gathering um, and miracles can happen um, when we um, and oh how we need a move of God that's the thing that our nation, our communities need more than ever um, and verse 4 says they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore places long devastated the Lord is building his church tells us that in his word he is coming back for a triumphant bride not a wishy-washy bride a triumphant bride the Lord wants to do something special in this church. I really believe that as part of that rebuilding and rebuilding this community. And we need to be ready. Put on your garments of praise and prayer and let's see what God is going to do. Um, do you know, I remember um, Keith used to sing this song a lot when Keith was worshipping. King of Kings, Majesty, Jared Cooper wrote the song. I love that song. There is something about that song. There's an anointing on that song. And I think it starts with King of Kings, but acknowledging who God is. We're giving him the rightful place right from the beginning. Majesty, and it says in royal robes, I don't deserve. I love to serve your majesty. I remember, I think it was over in that corner of the church, it was a Sunday night service, and we were singing that, and I will never forget it. Because as we sang that, I just had this feeling coming over me that the Lord was just placing them, and I could feel the robes just going right down over my body. It was an incredible um, experience. Um, and I, I think about that often. In royal robes, I don't deserve, but the Lord's put them on me. Do you know, we're a, we're a, a child of the King of Kings. John said a sermon many years ago, remember, that we are prince and princes of the King of Kings. You know, that we are. Um, and I live to serve your majesty. Um, and you know, there's another um, passage in scripture that talks about as well um, the effectiveness of praising. What happens when we praise the Lord? And in Acts chapter 16, if you um, bear with me reading this as well. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. Can you imagine that? Incredible. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul and Silas shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and added, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. 
The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. As they praised and sang hymns, the chains were broken, garments of praise. Prison gates opened and everyone stayed where they were. Can you imagine if you'd been that jailer? How would you hear? I thought, oh, that's it. My time's, you know. Um, But he saw a miracle happen before his eyes because not one person escaped. They all stayed where they were because God's spirit had come right into that that place and they couldn't have moved anyway. The, The spirit was so strong and the praises of Paul and Silas reached an open heaven and a miracle took place. Garment of praise. You know, Pete Gregg, who was um, the founder of the 24-7 prayer movement, and he, it's the Emmaus Church in Guildford, is his church. Um, he wrote these comments in these verses. I do um, what's called Electo, um, 375357, can't remember. I do that part in my daily devotions. And he was commenting this just a few weeks ago, actually, this passage, and he said this. Some people are thermostats reflecting the ambient temperature in the room, and others are thermostats determining the climate. Paul was certainly a thermostat, praying and singing hymns in spite of his grim circumstances, and certainly not because of them. Several years later, he wrote to the church in Philippi, recalling his imprisonment in their city, urging them to rejoice always, and sorry, rejoice in the Lord always, and continue do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition and thanksgiving make your requests known to God and that's Philippians 4 4 and 6. Um, Members of the jailer's family must surely have smiled when they heard these verses recalling Paul's example and again as I was doing this yesterday um, struggling over it um, you know I just felt that all the verses are just tying in as well with the times that we're living in. And there's a real encouragement to us, you know, that God's here, He's got, God knows what we're going through. And J.B. Phillips, the, the Bible scholar, commented on these verses, it is heartening, heartening to remember that this faith took root and flourished in, a, in amazingly in conditions that would have killed anything less vital in a matter of weeks. The early Christians were on fire with the conviction that they had literally become sons of God. They were pioneers of a new humanity and they still speak across the centuries. Perhaps, he concludes, if we believed what they believed, we might achieve what they achieved. Food for thought in that one, isn't there? To look at the numbers on the top of my page to make sure I'm the right one. Um, we need a new mindset. Um, God is looking for a generation to step up, to believe his word, step out in faith and prayer and praise and help build his church. Um, you know, we used to sing a long time ago. You know, you've, no, you've no idea how many songs kept coming to me as I was doing this. And I'm going to say an old hymn. I mean, I think he old 100 years ago, but now if it's 10 years old, it's an old hymn. <laughs> And you'll remember it, for I'm building a people of power, I'm building a people of praise that will move through this land by my spirit and will glorify my precious name. Build your church, Lord. Make us strong, Lord. Make us one, Lord, um, through your son. And that's all I could remember. (laughs) So I finished there. But, you know, that's what Jesus is looking for, a people of power that's going to help him build his church. 
And you know, the, the new song that we've started singing, I Speak Jesus, if ever there was a song for now, that's that one. The words are incredible. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom, I Speak Jesus. Um, his name is power, his name is healing, his name is life. And right now, our communities, our nation needs to hear this. We need transformation and revival like never before. Um, and you know, as I was speaking this, there's another bit of that as well. Um, I speak Jesus over my family. I, that, I remember that bit. And it came to me, um, just as we were singing it last week, you know, we've been starting to praise a church for the prodigals. And that came to me that, you know, that, that's, maybe that's what we need is just I speak Jesus over that person. I speak Jesus. You know, I was thinking that when I've, I've been reading the Gospels, when Jesus reached out to people, it was very economical with the words. You know, he didn't say, like, you know, when we're praying, I'm praying for somebody. You know, you pray this prayer, but Jesus only used a few words. And it was right to the point, specific and very much to the point. Um, and that was all he needed. Um, and then, um, clothed in his righteousness. Isaiah 61.10 says, For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation and arranged me in a robe of righteousness. Again, royal robes. Um, I just find this verse incredible. When we come to repentance to Jesus, asking for forgiveness of our sins, we are washed clean and arranged, arrayed in a robe of righteousness. We're given a new garment. That's incredible. That's what Jesus did. I don't deserve it, but he gave it to me. Um, and if, you know, um, Ephesians, the Bible gives us everything that we need. Ephesians 6 and 14, you don't, you'll know before I even come to it what, what it is. Um, the armor of God. The Lord's written it down here. Is again, what we need. Um, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand, take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities and the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when that day comes, you will be able to stand your ground. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Now, there's something we've been hearing a lot recently, isn't it? About uh, the truth needs to be told. Um, I didn't mean to say this, but um, thinking about that, um, you know, I was so um, encouraged and uplifted as I've been reading about the parliamentary prayer breakfast that took place recently in London. You know, in the back of that, there was all these mm -hmm. people stepped down. Um, the Reverend Isaacs, and I've read his, his sermon, it was incredible. And he never missed the mark. He spoke about the need for Jesus, you know, and about um, Jesus transforming. It was incredible. Um, and the worship leader spoke as well on Premier, I think it was, and said that the, the Holy Spirit's presence in that room was tangible. And there was many more MPs and things that would never, you normally wouldn't be there. So God is at work. God is at work. And we can praise him for that this morning. Um, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We need to be ready. The Lord's asking us to start marching.
Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. And we come back to prayer again, don't we? And that's what we're hearing all the time. And then we read, in his right mind. Philippians 2 and 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And I'm thinking, well, what does that mean? Simply put, it means as a selfless, servant-centered, humble and obedient mind to live like Christ, to to be obedient to the will of the Father. The man and Mark was set free, his mind restored, transformed, and set free in Christ. But you know, to do that is a daily surrendering at the cross. It's a daily surrender. You know, that God has to, you know, that we have to give our will to his. Um, doing, dying to self and allowing God's will to be done in me. To love like he loves and to see people through his eyes. Galatians 2 and 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I live but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He was obedient right to the very end. Sorry. But that gets me every time. Every time. Do you know Romans 12... um, Verse 1 and 2 reads this. I read this, you know, I couldn't believe this. I was reading this this morning. I'd already written down. Um, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will is. And I think if ever there's a thing that we need as Christians now, more than ever, is discernment, spirit of discernment, to discern what's... Because I think we're living in an age now where, you know, everything's flipping on its it's upside down, isn't it? So we need discernment more than ever. Um, And, you know, I was reading... I do the U version ARP, um, and in the morning and you know, that, that these were the verses the girl spoke on this morning I couldn't believe it <laughs> again I think oh Lord you must have known I was needing, needing confirmation this morning but she said that word therefore is a tying word and you need to read the, the previous verse in the chapter why do we need to, to die to self um, for from him and through him and to him are all things you know because God is in us he works through us, he works for us, he works in us. Um, and we need to remember that. You know, we have the powers already within us. Um, do you know when... I wasn't going to share this because I know I'll get emotional. <laughs> but on Friday, I was sitting at the kitchen table and I'd been sitting there for hours trying to get my head around this. Um, and I'd been, you know, hours before that during the week. But on Friday, I thought, I need to get a grip of this. I really need to get... A, um, and I was sitting there and I had worship music playing in the background, very softly playing in the background. And, um, and I was scribbling out pages and I was taking another page. And, and then all of a sudden, the worship song came on, we are standing on holy ground. And the minute that came on, the 
tears just started to flow and I stopped and my heart was pounding. And do you know what? The Lord just said to me, this is what it's about. Let us praise Jesus now for we are standing in his presence on holy ground. And you know that the kitchen, but I could just feel the Lord's presence just saturating me around where I sat. It was incredible. And you know, I thought, here I am, I'm struggling, Lord, and it's nothing to do with me. Absolutely nothing to do with me. It's all about you. What I say is all about you. But do you know the, the tears were flowing and as the song went on, it was like, you know, where I am, you know, we're the church folks. And I was driving through this morning, I'm thinking, you know, that's an incredible thing, you know, that wherever I go, you're at work in the morning, you're standing on holy ground. And that really gave me food for thought as I was driving. I thought, jings, I'm standing on holy ground no matter where I go, I better start watching what I think, what I say, what I do. Because everywhere I am, it's holy ground because the Lord is in me. You know, and that's what it's about. Let us praise and again, I just feel the Lord's calling his church to praise. That's what I really feel. God's calling his church to be a people of praise. I think it was Ray Strokes a few number of years ago. Um, if Stevie had been here, he would have confirmed it. Um, I'm sure it was Ray Strokes that spoke about one night in, in his hometown in the States. There was something happened and, you know, they weren't in the consecutive Saturday nights. They had praise and prayer meetings. And the Spirit of God really moved. Um, yeah. I've lost my place now, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking this, you know, um, John and Derek aren't here today because they're both not very well. Um, but, you know, if you to ask them what mum's mantra was growing up, they'd probably tell you, pray about everything and be obedient. That was that. <laughs> that would be what I would tell them all the time. You, if they were struggling with some, have you prayed about it? Didn't matter what it was. Have you prayed about it? Yeah. Well, go and pray about it and be obedient to what the Lord's telling you. That's that was my mantra. Um, um, do you know? But one of the other things that struck me going back to our Bible reading, Mark, which um, sadly, because of the fear of the people when they saw the miracle. They couldn't comprehend that. Jesus was asked to leave the region. And I thought, how sad is that? Um, and then, and you know, there's another bit of passage of scripture um, in Acts when Paul was speaking in the synagogue, which really, I mean, ties in with this as well. Um, and for three months they preached the gospel, but then he was asked to leave because he didn't like what they were hearing. So Paul left but he didn't leave where he was. He then rented a lecture hall, and for two years he preached the gospel to the Jews and the Gentiles. And the miracles that followed that was just incredible when you read about it. You know, um, and I just thought that that these people, because if you read on in Mark's gospel, that was when he went back over to the other side, and Jesus' daughter got healed. The woman who touched the hem of his garment was healed. They were waiting on the miracle where these people were frightened and they sent them away. Yeah. You know, it, that, that just really sad. I felt sad when I read that. Um, 
So we don't want to miss out on anything that the Lord's got for. I don't want to miss out on anything. And I just think the Lord's got great things um, for us to see yet. So in concluding, he brings, he brings peace instead of fear and he gives us hope. He sets us free and clothes us in his righteousness. So this morning, let us be a people of praise. Put on the garment of praise each day. Remember, we have been set free. He restores and renews. And let's speak Jesus to a world who desperately needs him. Can we just close in prayer, please? Heavenly Father, I just thank you for our time together. Thank you, Father, that we've felt your presence. And Father God, I just pray that we would be a people of praise. Father God, that we have been set free by the blood of the Lamb. And Father God, I just pray for those who are finding life painful or difficult right now. Draw near to them and give them the strength to hold on to hope. Remind them today that you are faithful. And Holy Spirit, fill the church today. Help us to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. May God bless you. Amen.